little bit in Judges. Judges chapter 13. We're going to begin there in verse 1. Judges chapter 13. And we're going to begin there in verse 1. We're going to talk about a great woman that the Bible doesn't mention by name. Uh, but whenever I just read about her and I hear about her, and uh, I just say, you know, what a great woman she was. And, and um, she's such a blessing to me. And her testimony and her service to God and, and uh, her dedication to the Lord, I just think, is, uh, is amazing. Um, but the Bible doesn't mention her by name, just calls her a woman. Uh, but I just want to talk to you tonight about a great woman of faith in Judges chapter 13, Samson's mother. Samson's mother. Now, we, we know who his dad is. The Bible mentions his name, but doesn't, uh, doesn't mention the mother's name. Uh, just because her name isn't mentioned doesn't mean she's not important, amen? Uh, but uh, we can see by her actions and we can see by her dedication and see by the kind of person that she is that uh, she is a great woman of God. And I was uh, increased uh, in, uh, uh, in my faith and in my love of the Lord and, and, and learning more about her. And so Judges chapter 13 tonight, we'll begin there in verse 1. And I'll try not to be too, uh, read too much, but there's uh, this whole chapter is about 25 verses, and there's really a lot to say about her. But as we begin there in verse 1, Judges chapter 13, and we're going to see about this great woman of faith. Now, even though we, as I said, we understand that uh, her name isn't mentioned, and there was a great responsibility that was given to her, there was a great uh, a great uh, message that was given to this, uh, to this woman. And she, uh, she was going to bear Samson, and Samson was going to be this great ruler, and uh, he was going to help to, he was going to deliver Israel out of the problems that they were in. And we also think about other women in the scripture where the Lord came to them and, and spoke to them. We think about Mary, of course, and we think about, uh, you know, uh, ladies like uh, Elizabeth, and think about uh, even Hagar, where the Lord visited with her. Uh, but we see here in Judges chapter 13. Uh, how the Lord spent some time uh, with, this, uh, with this young lady here. And what a blessing she was as we look and see somewhat of what kind of woman that she is and how, uh, and how she raised Samson and, uh, and just a little bit about his mom. And so let's take a look at it. Judges 13, let's begin there in verse 1. The Bible says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Now when I read that first verse right there, it just, of course, made me think about uh, all of our lives. Uh, as the Bible says, they did evil again in the sight of the Lord uh, with the insinuation that uh, they can't restrain from doing evil. They can't uh, restrain from uh, not, uh, not sinning in their life. You know, they, they uh, live a life of sin. They repent and get right, live a life of sin again. We see that all throughout uh, the book of Judges. And the Bible says the children of Israel, they did evil again in the sight of the Lord. That definitely shows the weakness of man, how they continuously do evil in the sight of God, but also shows the, uh, the patience and the love of the Lord that he has with us in his forgiveness. But the, uh, but the verse 1, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines 40 years. And so what I want us to see is, is this great woman of faith, as we, as we examine her life and just kind of see what's going on, first thing we see verse 1 is their peril. Uh, her peril, what, we, what I mean by that is, is that the danger that, uh, that is uh, there in the nation. We see that uh, they are, uh, God has delivered the nation up to the Philistines there for 40 years. And uh, as, so they were, in essence, in bondage, in essence, enslaved to the Philistines. 
because of their sin. When God's people got away from God, uh, God would bring a nation in to, uh, to be over them. And then when the people would repent and cry back out to God, God would deliver them. But they were, so we see her, her peril whenever she was during this time, this dark period in not just her life, but in the life of the nation where they were in bondage and enslaved to the Philistines. And so during this time, the Bible shows us that God had a plan. God had a purpose. There was something that God was going to do. And he was going to come to this woman and he was going uh, to uh, give her a message. And it was going to be a message of hope. It was going to be a message of victory. And it was going to let her know and, uh, and, and the people uh, in the future is going to let her know that there was uh, a message of hope that was on the way that they will not continually be in this situation that they were in and that God had something special that he had just for her. You know tonight that God's got something special for you. Something special for you. God's got a purpose and a plan for you, just for you. You know, something, something just as the Bible says in, in uh, Jesus said in John 14, when he said, he says, uh, that there is a place in heaven just for you. He said, I go to prepare a place. I go to prepare a place for you. And so that was a special place just for you. Tonight, God's got something special for you, something just for you in your life, something that he wants you to do, something that he wants you to accomplish. And, you know, that shows me how interested God is in our life. God was interested in Samson's mother's life. The Bible doesn't mention what her name is, but that doesn't mean that God loved her any less than he did Mary or uh, loved her any less than he did Elizabeth or anybody else. The Bible just doesn't, for whatever reason, doesn't mention her name. But we do know that she was a woman that was used by God and, and that God was going to uh, do some uh, great things through her as she raised up her son, Samson. And so we see that during this difficult moment, during this dark period, in this time where they were enslaved to the Philistines, the Bible shows us there in verse, uh, there in verse 1 that, uh, that even in the midst of all of this, we see God's going to demonstrate his grace and demonstrate his mercy once again to his people as we get into verse 2. And the Bible says, And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren, and bare not. Manoah's name means place of rest. That was his, that's what his name means. And so we see the name of her husband. And the Bible says that there was this certain man of Zorah's family, the Danites, and uh, whose name was Manoah, his wife was barren and she bare not. Uh, and so not only do we see her life of pearl, but we also see her life of patience. The Bible says there in verse 2 that his wife was barren and bare not. So what it does is that shows us that they was obviously trying to have children, but for whatever reason it just wasn't happening. And so uh, we can see that uh, they were both being very patient, but we can see that this woman was uh, definitely being patient in her life. They were trying to have kids, and it just, it just wasn't happening. Uh, and you know, sometimes we don't understand why things are not happening the way we want them to happen because we have a, we have a way we want them to happen, and we have a time when we want them to happen. Amen? We have a way and we have a time. And when it's not coming in our way and it's not coming in our time, what does that mean that we need to have? We need to, have some, we need to exercise some patience in our life and understand that God's in control and that he knows what he's doing and he'll bring it to pass if it needs to come to pass if it's his will and that he'll work everything out according to his time. And so we see there in verse 2 that she was a woman 
of a woman of patience. We see that uh, she, they, they didn't quit. They didn't stop. She was waiting on God to, to do something in her life. I think there's a lot of people tonight waiting on God to do something in their life. She was waiting on, on something to happen, waiting to have a child, waiting on God to do something uh, in her life that, uh, that she was really looking forward to. So she was a woman of patience. I tell you what, I'm glad that I have a woman of patience in my life. My wife has to be patient with me. How many of you men out here know that your wife has to be patient with you at times? Uh, <laughs> we can all raise our hand. How many ladies have to be patient with your husbands? No, don't have to be. No, yeah, you do. And so, uh, probably even more so. Uh, but, but we see right here that she was a woman of patience. I mean, she waited and she waited and she waited. Uh, they didn't give up. They kept trying. And so, uh, I, I was admiring this about, uh, about uh, Samson's mother. That it seemed like that even during these dark times... She was still, she wasn't giving up. She wasn't going to quit even though they were uh, in a time of peril in their life, in their community, in their country. They were still moving forward. They were still, uh, they were still serving the best that they could. They were still living the best that they could. And she, and she was striving to still have children. And so we see that she has patience there. Verse 3, we also see the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman. And said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And so in the midst of, of, of her pearl, we see, that she has, uh, we see that she has this patience, and that patience is honored with a promise. And there in verse 3, we see that the Bible says that, this, that the angel of the Lord appeared unto her. Now, most, most scholars uh, believe and agree that that's, uh, that that's a pre-incarnate uh, Christ that was visiting with her. But we see that the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now, you can only imagine the excitement that she was feeling in her life whenever she heard this great promise. That he, he, he didn't say you might bear a son. He, uh, the, the angel of the Lord didn't say uh, you know, that, that, that it's possible or anything like that. He says that you will. This is something that shall come to pass. He knew what, he knew what she wanted. He knew what, uh, what she had been waiting on. He knew what she, what she had been patient for. And so God was honoring uh, this woman, honoring her patience, honoring her uh, honoring her steadfast love for God and the Bible says that uh, that as he spoke to her he gave her this promise he says listen I understand that you're not having children he let her understand he let her know that listen I know that this is what you want I know that this is what you desire I know that this is what you've been looking for I know that you've been patient about it I know that you haven't quit I know you're still trying but I also want you to know that uh, that you are going to have a child you are going to have a child so she received this great promise from God that she would bear a son. I can only imagine how her, uh, how her, uh, how her heart felt. I can only imagine how excited that she was. Remember how excited maybe you were when you found out that you was going to have a child or maybe when you... Or maybe when your children were going to have children, you were going to have grandkids, and how excited that she felt, how you was looking forward to it. I imagine that she was just as excited uh, whenever, whenever this happened. So she received this promise from God that she was going to conceive and bear a son. You know, I find it amazing as, as, as well that even in those moments of peril and those moments of patience when we're trying to, uh, when we're trying to exercise those, the, the patience in these dark days in our life, that there is a God in heaven that knows and cares about what we're going through. 
And that, he, and, that, and that he knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly how to come through for us. He knows, he knows the desires of our hearts. And, and so he gave her this promise, that this, awesome, uh, this awesome promise that she was going to conceive and bear a son. The Bible says there in verse 4, said, Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine or strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. So now we see that the angel Lord lays out this plan for her life, at least as far as how she is to live while the baby is growing in her womb and then, uh, and then so on. And he says in verse 4, he says, I pray thee, drink not wine or strong drink and eat not any unclean thing. And so as the baby is even in her womb, uh, she was, uh, she, the, the plan is being laid out. How she is, what she's to eat and what she's not to eat, what she's to drink and what not to drink. And so we say, what do we see here out of this? What I, what I admired about her was that I think the Bible shows us that she was a woman of dedication. She was a woman of devotion. She, she had been waiting for a child, longing for a child, looking for a child. God came through on a promise uh, to, uh, to, 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 to tell her that she was going to conceive and have a son. And, and in this process, she couldn't just eat anything that she wanted to and she couldn't just drink anything that she wanted to, but she was put on a special diet. Now, how many of you like to be on a special diet? Not me. As you can tell, not me. I don't like to be on a special diet. And the Bible says there in, uh, there, in verse, there in verse 4, he says, Listen, don't drink any wine nor strong drink nor any unclean thing. And so the angel of the Lord laid out this plan, this diet that she was going to have to follow. And, and so he, as he laid out this plan, what she was going to have to exercise in her life was discipline. Because listen, you have to, when, uh, it takes uh, discipline in your life. Uh, to make sure that you are eating the right things and drinking the right things. And, and she wanted to be obedient to God, so we definitely see obedience there. We see devotion, we see dedication, we see obedience. She was a woman that wanted to make sure that she dotted her I's and crossed her T's. She was a woman that wanted to make sure that she lived and did exactly what God asked her to do. And, and, and I found that very admirable in her life that we say, listen, she was a person just like you and me, a woman, uh, not a woman not like me, but a woman like the women in here. But she was a person, and she had the, uh, the, you know, the same appetites and same desires. She was human, human just like we were, but God had given her this opportunity, this awesome opportunity to have this child. And he laid out this plan for her and said, listen, this is the plan you're going to have to follow you can't drink this, you can't eat that, but you can do this and you can do that. So she was going to have to exercise dedication, devotion. She doesn't have to exercise uh, discipline in her life. And I just found that admirable, that his mother was a woman that exercised all these things and practiced these things in her life. And there in verse 5, the Bible says, For lo, thou shalt conceive. The angel of the Lord still speaking. He says, Lo, thou shalt conceive. And bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. So what we do there in verse 5, I think we see the preparation. The preparation of what? Well, the preparation of what was to come, he told her about, he told her about of course, their protector that was coming, which would be her son. And, and the angel of the Lord told her, he says, listen, the child that you are going to have is going to be the one that delivers the nation. Wow, isn't that awesome? Isn't that something, you know, that the, the angel of the Lord comes to you and says, hey, your child is going to be the deliverer of the nation. 
The one that everybody is looking forward to. The one that everybody is praying about. The one that everybody is, is asking, oh, when, Lord, when are we going to be delivered out of the hands of the Philistines? And out of all the people, out of all the women, God chose her. Now, he didn't mention her by name, but for whatever reason, but we see that she was obviously a woman that wanted to follow God, a woman that wanted to live for God, a woman that knew about the things of God because he said there in verse 5, he showed her that she was to follow this Nazarite vow. He would be a Nazarite unto God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And so in the midst of all this peril, he let her know about this promise in the midst of her patience. But there was a plan that she would have to follow for the preparation of victory. There in verse 5, what do we see? We see that help is on the way. We see that hope is coming. She's so excited about what she heard. She's so excited about the news that she has received. She's got to tell somebody. Now she's married, so who do you think she's going to go tell first? Well, she's going to go tell her husband. And so she's so excited about the news that she's received. The Bible says in verse 6, Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God. Now see, it was the angel of the Lord, but the appearance as a man, she didn't know that it was the angel of the Lord. It was just, to her, it was just a man, a man of God or a prophet. The Bible says, She said, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible, but I asked him not whence he was, nor told me his name. She didn't ask his name. She didn't say, where do you come from or anything like that. The angel of the Lord just came, he, uh, and he told her the news, and then she got so excited, she went to run to tell her husband. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine or strong drink, as she's talking to her husband. Neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite of God from the womb to the day of his death. But I found it interesting. There was one thing she left out. She never said nothing to him about how he was going to be the deliverer of Israel. She said everything that the angel of the Lord said, but she left out that part where he was going to be the deliverer of Israel. I wonder why. Hey, let me ask you this. If the angel of the Lord came to you and said, the child that you're going to have is going to deliver the nation. He is going to rid the land of the Philistines and he's going to deliver the nation. He is going to be the one that is going to help establish through the power of God the hope of your country. That would probably be one of the very first things that came out of our mouth, would it not? But yet she didn't say nothing about it. It's like she kept that to herself. She kept that hush. I wonder why. I'm not sure. I've read many different commentators and tried to get different opinions about what some of these other men, uh, about what some of these other men have thought, but uh, nobody can really collectively come up with the, uh, with the right answer because we do not know. We're not in their mind and we don't know these people and we don't know what was going on in their heart, but for some reason she never came across to him and told him that here. Bible says there in verse 8, then Manoah entreated the Lord as he heard, when he, when he heard what, was, what had been said about, about his wife and how she was going to have the, the, this child, he was amazed himself and he was, he, he was uh, so excited. The Bible says he entreated the Lord. He began to pray. And he says, oh, my Lord, let the man of God whom thou didst send come again unto us. And almost kind of, he says, come again to us. He didn't say, come again to her. He said, come to us. See, the angel came to, 
the angel of the Lord came to her, didn't come to him. Almost kind of, and then when she went to go run and tell him, it's almost, almost kind of like maybe he felt a little slighted. Hey, what's on? why wasn't I involved in this thing? So he began to pray, hey, Lord, uh, let the angel of the Lord, let, let, let the, this man of God come again. And when he comes, don't just let her go to her. Let him, let him come to us. He wanted to see this man for himself, of course. He wanted to talk to this man. But he said, let him come to us. He was excited. He wanted to know what this, he wanted to know about this future child. And, and notice what he said there in, in the verse. He says, let him come to us. And he says, and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. How do we raise him? How do we raise him? What, what, is it that, what is it that we need to do to make sure that, that he stays honorable to you, to make sure that he stays in, in service to you? What do we need to do, God? God, we want you to teach us. Hey, I think uh, that's very admirable that we, we need to be taught by God and uh, making sure we always have a teachable, uh, teachable spirit. We need to be taught by God to raise our kids up in the ways of God, to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and, and, uh, and to show them how to serve and, and why it's so important to serve and, and all these different things. He says, Lord, he says, teach us how to raise our kids. Hey, when we look around in, in our society today, I think we need moms and dads all over the place saying, God, teach us how to raise our children. But instead, we're relying on a wicked world to raise our kids. There is a wicked world out here every day that's raising our kids. They're learning all different kinds of things. And I mean, every, every single year, it seems like Every single year, it seems like the public school system just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Whether it has something to do with the teachers or whether it has something to do with the curriculum that comes out, all these different things. I mean, now, now they got, uh, they're, they're including the, uh, the, the Black Lives Matter Marxist stuff in some of the schools now, doing a curriculum through that, doing lesbian, gay curriculums in the school. Uh, they, I just read this week where they have introduced a curriculum now into, the, into some of the schools, not all, but into some of the schools, how they are to look at the traditional nuclear family and question why that's the way it needs to be. Why can't we just have it the way we want to have it? Why can't we just, why can't we just call whatever we want to call family, whether it's a man and a man and a woman and a woman together or transgenders together? Why can't we just call this family? Because that's how, not how God laid it out. But the world wants, the world wants to teach our kids. The world has this agenda. The devil has an agenda tonight to teach our kids and to raise our kids. And as parents, we got to say, God, teach us. God, you teach us. And we can look around society today and we can see that the world and the devil is doing a really good job of teaching our kids. And we need parents all across the nation to scream out to God and say, God, we're pleading with you, begging you to teach us. What shall we do unto the child that shall be born? What do we need to do to raise him upright? What do we need to do to follow your instruction? What do we need to do to make sure that he stays in your will? Very admirable. And God hearkened unto the voice of Manoah. God listened. God heard the prayer. But what I find interesting is the Bible says that God hearkened to the voice of Manoah and the angel of God came again unto the woman. He's the one that did all this praying. God, come to us. Send this man of God to us. We want to know what we're supposed to do. God, if this is what you want, teach us, show us. Send this man of God to us. And God says, okay. I heard your prayer. But then the man of God, which 
was the angel of the Lord. Didn't come to him again for the second time. Went to his wife. And it kind of makes you wonder, why does, this, why does the angel of the Lord keep going to his wife? Why, why, ain't he, why ain't he coming to him? I don't know. But it does make you wonder and it does make you think, why, why does the angel of the Lord keep coming to him? Why does it why, uh, keep coming to her? Why is he not really coming to him? And, and the Bible says that he hearkened to the voice of Manoah. He heard the man. He heard his prayer. But the second time he came to her, not, a, not the husband. The Bible says she was sitting in the field. And the angel of God came to the woman as she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste, and the Bible doesn't necessarily say what all that he said there that second time. The Bible doesn't necessarily say what all uh, interaction exchanged between the angel of God there uh, in the field and, and uh, Manoah's wife. But the Bible says that the angel of God came to her. He appeared unto her and then she left. She was excited again. She saw this man of God who had came to her as she was sitting in this field and she left the second time to go to her husband. Excited once again. So she runs to her husband. In verse 10, the Bible says, The woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said to him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah rose. You can imagine how excited he was. He thought, man, I, I asked him to, sh- to come to us and he came to her again. He, he wanted to know what this is all about. I want to see this messenger. Who is this person? And so he gets up and he takes off running. He's following his wife through the field. The Bible says he, he, the Manoah rose up, verse 11. He went after his wife. Both of them are running back into the field, all excited. And he came to the man and he said unto him, Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? Why he didn't say my wife? I don't know. Maybe he didn't like her. But he says, Art thou the man that speaketh unto the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? And how shall we do unto him? What's interesting is that the second time around, see, first he was asking Lord, teach us how to raise him. Teach us what we need to do. Then you get to verse 12, and you see the prophecy. You see the prophecy of what? Well, there in verse 12, you see that the husband, he's he's asking the man of God or the angel of the Lord, what's the child going to do? What kind of person is he going to be? What's he going to grow up and do? I mean, what's going to be his vocation? What kind of job is he going to have? What is his purpose? Instead of once again coming the second time and saying, Lord, teach us, he wants to know the future. What kind of person is he going to be? What kind of job is he going to have? I want to know all about what my son's going to do. If you're this great prophet that can predict that we're going to have a child, then I want to know what, what is laid out for his life. You know what the angel said? The angel pretty much just the angel Lord pretty much just ignored his comment. And I thought that was interesting. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why his wife didn't ever tell him the first time what his son was going to be. 
Maybe because there was some, maybe because there was a, 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 maybe a, a place in his life or a character flaw in his life or whatever it was. Maybe he was, maybe he was just a, the kind of person that, that he was always wanting to know about these kinds of things. And so she just didn't say nothing. But I thought what was interesting is even after he asked again, his wife never said anything to him. And the angel of the Lord never told him neither. He wanted to know what, there was all this excitement uh, between the angel of the Lord and and Samson's mom about what uh, what their child was going to do and the dad was completely in the dark about it. That's what happens to dads. We just become in the dark about things. Everybody knows what, listen, I'm a dad and everybody knows what's going on with dad. Okay. I, you know, we just, listen, guys, for whatever reason, we just don't pay attention like mamas do. We just don't pay attention like women do. I don't know what it is. We just don't. And so he was completely in the dark about this thing. And who knows? She probably thought there's no point in me telling him because he'll forget by tomorrow anyway. So what's the point in even letting him know? Because he's not even going to remember anyhow. He's going to forget. He's not going to pay attention. So what difference does it make? But what we see here is that he was wanting to know. The second time around, he didn't say, Lord, teach us. He didn't say, he didn't say teach us how we're supposed to raise our son anymore. He was more preoccupied the second time with not so much as being taught how to raise their son, but, being, but, but, but knowing what, his, what the future of his son was going to be. And the angel of the Lord didn't say nothing about it for whatever reason. I guess because maybe his wife hadn't said nothing about it. And I guess he was like, well, hey, if she ain't said nothing, I ain't saying nothing. But we see here in verse 13, when the angel of the Lord responded, the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. He doesn't even, he doesn't even acknowledge the question that was asked. He just says, listen. I'll tell you again. I'll tell you exactly what I told her, how she needed to raise the child. Because, see, that's what the angel of the Lord wanted to get to. How to raise the child, not what the child's necessarily going to do. Not so you can know his future, the whole layout. We just trust God, right? We have faith, we trust him. So the angel of the Lord wasn't interested in laying out the whole plan that he had for him, but he was interested in saying, this is how I'm going to teach you how to raise him. This is how I'm going to teach you how to bring him up. This is what I'm going to teach you to avoid in life. And this is, and this is what I want you to do. And so he says there in verse 13, The angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that cometh from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we have made ready a kid. And so he hears what's being said and he says, you know, this is great. We're going to have a child and this child's going to be, this child's going to be, this child's going to be great. I know he is and I don't know exactly what he's going to do, but, but he's going to do something. He's going to do something great. I tell you what, you just stay here for a little while. Let me show you some of our uh, Jewish hospitality. And let me fix you dinner. You know, the one thing I like about the Jewish people is they like to eat. Maybe that's where Baptists get it. They talk a little bit and then they eat. Sit down for a little while and let's have a chicken. And the Bible says there in verse 15, Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. And so 
them not knowing that that was the angel of the Lord at, the, at that time, thinking that it was a man of God or some sort of prophet maybe. He says, I tell you what, don't, uh, don't, honor, don't honor the messenger. Honor the one that sends the messenger in essence because they didn't know that that was God. And so it says, listen, if you're going to do any kind of honor, don't let it be for me, let it be for God. And so he says, if thou must, there in verse 16, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was the angel of the Lord. In verse 17, and Manoah said unto the angel, Lord, what is thy name? He's a man of many questions. You ever, have you, do you know someone that's just, just a person of many questions? I mean, they just, just, I mean, just want to know everything that there is to know. Now, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying being nosy. I'm just saying just a person that just likes to know things, you know. Where'd you come from? Who are you? You know, what is your name? Manoah said to the angel, Lord, what is thy name? And that when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor. And so here, once again, he's willing to honor the messenger. He's willing to say, hey, you know what? When the, when, uh, when the, uh, when the child is born, we want to make sure that we honor you because what you said come to pass. But of course, a prophet in those days, if they said that they were a prophet of God, it was something that had to come to pass. If they, if they declared themselves to be a prophet of God and a spokesman of God and they were predicting things in the future to come and they said this, they said this was going to happen, it had to come to pass 100% of the time when they were to be killed. And who knows, maybe perhaps that's why he wanted to know. Maybe, maybe he wanted to know his name because, listen, if this thing don't come to pass, you done got us all hyped up, I'm coming after you, buddy. Maybe that was what it was all about, I don't know. But we see right here, he was wanting to honor the messenger. And, 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 and the angel of the Lord there in verse 18 said to him, Why askest thou thus after my name? Seeing it's a secret. He says, man, I, I'm not going to tell you my name. My name is, my name is wonderful. My name is, my name is an incomprehensible for you to even know. My name doesn't really matter. The only name that really matters is his name. See, everything always points back to the Lord. Everything always points back to the Lord. The Holy Spirit points to Christ. The angels point to Christ. We point to Christ. Because it's all about him, not us. And the Bible says there in verse 18 that the angel of the Lord said to him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is a secret? And so Manoah took a kid with a meat offering, and he offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And watch this. The angel of the Lord, he manifested himself to him. God manifested himself in a tremendous way. Something that I haven't, uh, well, you know, I don't think we read anywhere else in the scripture. But you know what? God does things in a unique way. And God does things in, 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 uh, in multitudes of ways that nobody's ever done. And the Bible says that Manoah, there, verse 19, he took this kid and this meat offering and he offered it up upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. And Manoah and his wife looked on. And so this, uh, as they prepared this offering, the Bible shows us that the angel did something very interesting and lays it out there in verse 20. It says, For it came to pass that when the flame went up towards heaven, as they prepared this kid and prepared this meal and they had it all on this rock and they lit fire and they set fire to it and this offering, this sacrifice was going up uh, to be a sweet-smelling Savior to the Lord, 
As it was going up, uh, as it was going up into heaven, the angel of the Lord who was standing there, unknownest to them, that it was the angel of the Lord. To them, it was a prophet, a man of God. And as he sent, as as the fire is going, the man of God steps. The angel of the Lord steps into the flames and goes right up into heaven. Wow! Can you imagine what they thought whenever they saw that? Can you imagine what was going on in their mind? I look at this. I look at Samson's wife, and I and I see that she sees everything that's going on. Uh, this this woman who is who is so patient. This woman who is who is exercising uh, uh, extreme patience in her life under this peril. Uh, this woman who is uh, this woman who is seeing and hearing about this prophecy of her son coming to pass. She's so excited. This woman who who is dedicated and devoted to this plan that's been laid out for her, she sees all this stuff going on. And what does she do? The Bible says in verse 19 that the angel of the Lord did wondrously and uh, Manoah and his wife, they looked on and it came to pass when the flame went up towards heaven from the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar and Manoah and his wife looked on it and they fell on their faces to the ground. And what I did was I admired her worship. I admired her worship. Because whenever I was, whenever it said that the angel of the Lord ascended up into heaven, I thought to myself, wow, they recognized that this wasn't just an ordinary man. This man that came, he wasn't just, he wasn't just anybody. This was, this was the angel of the Lord. This was perhaps God himself right here that delivered this wonderful promise. And when they recognized who it was, they were beside themselves and they fell down. They fell down on the ground and with their faces to the ground showing humility and showing worship to God. And, and I thought, I appreciate this woman's humility. I appreciate, I appreciate her, her, her humility. I appreciate the fact that she is uh, exercising uh, a humble spirit and that she's just worshiping God. We need, we need women like that. We need men like that. We need people like this. Who will put their faces to the ground. And, and honor God in a humble spirit. And worship the Lord. And watch him do tremendous things. And the Bible says there in verse 21. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear. To Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. Once he saw all this happen, the Bible says Manoah, as he looked on, they, they, they both of them recognized that, listen, this wasn't just an ordinary guy. This wasn't just a prophet. This wasn't just a man of God. This was the angel of the Lord himself. And, and the Bible says that there in verse 21, that as they recognized that, that Manoah there in verse 22, that he said to his wife, we shall surely die because we've seen God. You think, why in the world would he say that? Maybe that's why she didn't tell him that their son was going to be the deliverer of Israel because maybe he was a little loose up here. I don't know. Maybe she knew, listen, there's some things I can tell him and there's some things I can't. There's some things I'll have to bring to him a little bit at a time. I don't know. <laughs> but I find it interesting that he was kept in the dark about this. 
I find it interesting that, that she didn't say nothing to him twice and the angel Lord didn't say nothing to him. And then I also found it interesting that he was all worried that now they saw the angel of the Lord that they're gonna die because no man can see God and die. So he knew the scripture. He, 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 knew, that, he knew that fact that no man can see God and live. But the fact, but the, but the truth remains is, is, is as she comes out because we see that this woman was a woman that kept him level-headed. She was a very practical woman. Very practical woman. Notice what she says after he thinks they're both about to die. She says, honey, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would, he, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. And neither would have showed us all these things. Neither would us at this time have told us about such things as these. She said, honey, if he wanted to kill us, if we was going to die, why in the world would he come and promise us that we were going to have a son? If we're going to die, why would he show us all these things? Why would he spend this time with us? Why would he talk to us? And, and why would he promise us that we're going to have a son if we're going to die now? So it seems to me that she was a very practical woman. That uh, she was a woman that... You ever... People balance each other out, right? Maybe she was, I think maybe she was his balance. And it's good that you have people, couples that balance each other out. I'm not saying he wasn't a good man by no means. I'm not saying he was I'm not saying he wasn't a good leader. He obviously wanted great things for his family. I'm just simply saying that that uh, that she was a very practical woman. And maybe in some cases she looked at things a little different than he did, and she was the kind of person that could reason things out a little bit and kind of bring him down and calm him down a little bit. Maybe there were some parts about him that were uh, in his personality that were maybe just got a little irrational. Maybe he got fearful at times and, and she was that one that kind of helped balance him out in his life. I appreciated this woman because she was very practical. Very practical woman. The Bible says there in verse 24, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. I also thought it was interesting there in verse 24 that the husband didn't name the child, but there was a woman that did. That it wasn't the husband that came out and, and, and said that the child's name would be Samson, but the Bible shows us here. I mean, it could be possible that he told her, and, but, the Bible, but the Bible says here that the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Bible says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Istachol. And so we see that God had great plans this young man that was to grow up and be the deliverer of Israel. But I just admired this woman. Her name is not mentioned. We don't know what her name is. I've been asked times, uh, what, long ago, I mean, the kids was talking about, and I wonder who the greatest preacher in the world is. I said, I don't know. I said, uh, nobody probably even knows his name. So it's probably not in any headlines anywhere. But he's probably pastoring some church up in the mountains or whatever and got a congregation of about 10 people. And his name's not in the headlines, but he, he just loves his people. And his name isn't all over the news, but he's just there with his people and just loving them and just preaches the message that God brings to them. Listen, uh, as I was telling him before, being the, I know there's a difference between a pastor and a preacher, but being the best preacher in the world or being the best pastor in the world, <laughs> like that really even matters, really. Isn't about 
having your name in the headlines and always in the, in the news and going across everybody's news feed on Facebook. Listen, it's about, and not just a preacher, but just about everybody that serves God. It's just about doing whatever it is that God's called you to do the best that you can for the Lord. And that's what matters. That's, what, that's all that matters. Is that you just do what God's called you to do. And if God decides to elevate you in a certain way, then he does. And if not, it's okay because it's not about us anyway. Because once we feel like our name has to be up there, then we've missed it. We've put our place, we've put ourselves in a place where it don't belong. And what we've done is, is we've just acknowledged our own weakness. Does that make sense? If we feel like that's where we have to be. But I just appreciated this woman. She was so practical. She was so patient. She was so loving, so dedicated and devoted. A woman that had a desire to serve God, to worship God, to be obedient to the Lord. And she sets a great example for all of us. What a great woman. And we don't even know her name. Listen, there's a lot of great people out there that do some great things for God. And we don't even know who they are. Don't even know who they are. People working behind the scenes and doing all kinds of things, making things work. And we don't know who they are. Don't know their names. Don't even know what they're doing. But they make it work. We praise the Lord for that. Father, we come tonight and we thank you for your blessings. We, we thank you tonight for all the unknowns. Lord, we know it's not about us. We know it's all about you. And so being unknown is okay as long as I'm known with you. I don't have to be known through the world. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us all tonight to learn some lessons, some valuable lessons from Samson's mom, the kind of person that she was. The testimony that she had and her personality. is She was a very reasonable and practical person. Lord, she loved her family. She loved her husband. She wanted to honor God and honor Him. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as we go through this week do the very same thing to honor you. Lord, I pray that you keep us safe and Lord, that you bring us all back to our next appointment time here on Wednesday. And we love you and thank you for all we know you're going to do. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.